Danforce Debrief. Welcome back to the Downforce Debrief show. I'm Lester. Every week we're here talking about all the best British motorsport action and from around the world as well. Uh, we are uh, still got to talk about the British GT Championship coming up later. Uh, we've got an interview with the Indy Lights driver Jack Harvey on the way soon. Uh, but first, it's British Superbike Championship that happened at Donington Park over Easter weekend. And here is our correspondent and panellist today, Andre Harrison. Indeed, yes. And it was a, a, a very good way to start the season. And we, we'll see, for those that don't know, round one of the championship takes place at Donington Park. Um, packed out, pa packed out Donington Park for round one. So very pleasing to see that. And um, some surprising names up, up up the front, I would say, in, in, in both races. But yeah, great action up the front, as you come to expect from BSB, really. Uh, yes, race number one. If you if you didn't see what happened, it was live on the uh, on the old telly box here in the UK. James Ellison uh, won race one from uh, only just won it as well. Um, one not point one three one seconds, uh, taking the win yep. from uh, yep. Shaky Burn. Uh, Josh Brooks was third. Uh, Dan Linfoot in fourth. Peter Hickman in fifth, and uh, Tommy Bridewell in sixth position. And uh, I did make a point of trying to uh, watch the second race. And in fact, I did manage to watch mm. the second race. And it was uh, incredibly um, entertaining. And uh, Shaky Byrne won that one as well. Well, he, he won that race. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, was a, it was a big fight at, at the front. It was a fight of three between Shaky, um, Dan Linfoot, which was a bit of a minor surprise to me. I don't think Linfoot had... I don't think anybody... On Bike Live, which obviously which we host on a Friday, I don't think any of us had Dan Linfoot expected him to feature right up at the front. I think it was more of a dark horse kind of shout, really, more than anything else. Um, and it was him against the two Paul Byrne Motorsport Kawasaki's of, of Burn and Stuart Ratboy Easton, as the team so eloquently calls him, um, amongst the amongst the Paul Byrne team. But uh, yeah, that was the for me. That was like I mentioned before at the start of the show. That was the real surprise of the weekend, seeing Dan Linfoot mingling there for the race win. I don't think he's finished anywhere higher than fourth last season so the seam up there challenging for the win and um and getting you know being completely unafraid of, of dabbling with shit with shaky burn and you know leading from the front and putting off some really ballsy passes as well i mean he went right around the outside of, of shaky down the hill which was which was a very very impressive move uh, i've not seen that before at donington for a long long time so very pleasing to see Dan up the front um a bit of a shocker well, um was was basically seeing kianari not finish who was obviously pushed shaky so closely in last year's championship, not finishing that one. And um, we were kind of robbed a little bit of a five-way scrap because he and uh, Josh Brooks was well within within that leading pack as well. And Brooks and had to take evasive action to avoid Kianari's enormous high side. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a bit of a crazy second race, but the, the front three was, was very entertaining right until the last couple of laps when Shaky finally got past Dan and then broke off into distance just a little bit, just got the few extra bike lengths he needed to take the win. But, yeah, very entertaining race too. It certainly was. And to, uh, to give you an update on the championship, if you uh, are interested, uh, the MCE Insurance uh, British Superbike Championship standings as they are this Easter Monday evening. Shaky Byrne at the top with 45 points. Dan Linfoot in second with 33 points. James Ellison on 29 points. Uh, Josh Brooks with 26 points in fourth place. Fifth place, Peter Hickman on 24 points. And uh, rounding out the top six, Stuart Easton 
on 21 points. Now, Dre, when you're talking about this with Lewis and, and Bex on Bike Live, which is every uh, Friday, yep. live at 8, um, who did you uh, have down as, uh, as as a prediction to do well? Did, did, you, uh, did, did you bet on any particular rider? I, okay... For, for the record, we, we at Bike Live have had a terrible reputation when it comes to predictions so far this season. And if anyone has been keeping track of, of the MotoGP championship where that's concerned and Moto2 and Moto3, we all thought Marquez was going to win the opening round. He finished in fifth. I thought Miguel Oliveira was going to win in Moto3. He finished in 16th. <laughs> Lewis, fought, Lewis fought Romano Fanati. He finished in 17th. So we, we've not had a good reputation so far this season, especially as well when it comes to the Wolds as well. And Leon Haslam, we kind of wrote him off, and now he's second in the championship as well on that Aprilia. So we've not had a particularly good reputation when it comes to these things so far this season. I personally had Shaky doing the double. So I wasn't too far out where that's concerned, I guess. So winning a second place, I mean, that's as close as you can get without being on the nose, I suppose. I'll take that, getting 45 out of 50 points. Um, I think my, my co-hosts in question both had Kianari, um as the top guy after the first round and obviously crashing in, in race two and he wasn't in the top 10 in race one either. So I think those guys have got a lot to answer for on Friday. So I could be relatively smug in, in shaky getting 45 out of the possible 50 points after the opening round. So I'll, I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, just to tell us then, um, for uh, people like myself who who are not the the, the biggest, most diehard bike fans, um, I, I do try watch it when it's on, but mm. um, I do my best. Um, but tell us then, uh, when's the next um, round? What, what what's what's happening? When it when when is it? I'm not sure on the exact date. I think it's in a. I think it's in two weeks' time. I know it's definitely a Brands Hatch though, so it's definitely Brands the next round. So I've two or three weeks' time. I'll just double check it on on this here Google, real quick. I've, uh, I've just had a quick check. It's April seventeenth and nineteenth. So yeah, a couple of weeks. Time. Yeah, two weeks' time. Excellent. At Brands Hatch is that the the Indy yes, circuit or the full Grand Prix? Yeah, it's, it's the full. Circuit. It's the full Grand Prix circuit. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and that'll be no doubt. No, it's the, no, no, it's, the indie, it's the indie circuit. Oh, is it? It's the B oh, yeah, is it? BSB, BSB website, so it's the indie circuit. That's interesting, because like, they, they saved the Grand Prix circuit for the showdown then, the, the grand finale at the end of the season. Well, I, well, I did not know that, to be fair. Well, well, they're, well they're, apparently, according to the calendar, they're going to the Grand Prix circuit twice this year. They're going for it for round six on the 17th to 19th of July. And then, yeah, as you said, you're right. It's, it's, the, it's there for the showdown on the 16th to 18th of October. So they're going three times this year. Interesting. That, that that I did not know. Well, whichever circuit configuration they use, um, it's brands. It be, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always fantastic. No, no one has a, a bad word to say about brands, yeah, even if it's bikes, cars, or sidecars, or uh, karting. Uh, either it's it's all good at brands. I don't think they've ever had a. Uh, terrible meeting there i don't think but then again i've, I've not been for every meeting anyway uh, but yes uh, bsb uh, it's uh, it's uh, i recommend you should get into it as well because it's uh, absolutely uh, especially if, uh, if you're someone like me who, who doesn't always follow the bikes as i call them and to be fair this is my first season watching live from the start when it comes to the bsb so we're in this ride together we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more obviously on bike live this coming friday but uh it's my first time too so don't feel like you're alone in this one give it a shot on british eurosport and uh get involved why not you know and uh, yes we move on because time is uh, is, uh, is is chasing us um, and catching us because Easter Monday was packed full of racing and it was the British GT Championship kicks off 
at its uh, traditional time and place at Alton Park over Easter weekend. And uh, race number one was uh, today. It was a two-race round. Race number one was won by Gary Eastwood and Adam Carroll in the Ferrari. After 31 laps, they won it by just over a second from Liam Griffin and uh, Rory Butcher in the uh, Aston Martin, so says uh, Forex. Uh, Forex. Um, Lee Mole and Johnny Osborne in the BMW were third, and uh, Phil Driver and Matt Jackson in the Aston Martin in fourth place. Hector Lester and uh, Benny Simonson in fifth place in the Ferrari. Marco Attard and Alex Sims in the BMW were in sixth place. And uh, our own um, Chris Dawes was... Uh, down at uh, Alton Park on the Saturday, I believe, to watch uh, a bit of qualifying and some of the support races. Um, lucky him. That was fantastic. And uh, yes, it's uh, certainly shaping up Scott Woodwist, the GT Championship, to be a cracker once again this season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the caliber drivers we have in both GT3 and GT4 and the, and the list we've got in terms of car and driver combination is brilliant for one we've got two of those beautiful mclaren 650s's in the championship um and uh, of course we've got the, 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 the typical aston martins bmws ferraris one thing that intrigues me in gt3 no porsches because of course track speed are not there this year uh, so no porsche ones because there is a brand new uh, 991 gt3 r currently being developed for next year as of course there is a brand new m6 uh, gt3 as well um but however it was a brilliant weekend because gt4's got uh, a lot of quality actually had martin plowman of course, he's known from uh, Indy Lights and IndyCar circles uh, over there, of course, and also from uh, Tusk duties as well. He was actually covering, uh, I believe, for who was he covering for? Because um, it, it, was, it, was, it was some somebody who was over in the, uh, the Blanc Pan doing Blanc Pan this weekend. The name escapes me, but um, I'm, not, I'm not too sure either. Uh, I'm not so sure, but um, he was actually covering GT4 Lotus. We had uh, also we had um, the, the Aston GT4 Aston Martins as well. Plenty of Porsches. We had Sean Hollenby out there in in, in his uh, of course Sean Hollenby runs AMD Tuning out there in a Porsche racing on the track once again. Um, so a really good combination of cars and drivers out this weekend. Um, interesting, you mentioned not sure if you mentioned race one. In fact, actually. Um, because there was a bit of news that came. I'm not sure if you just mentioned it, because if not, if he did, then uh, apologies if so. But so uh, um, the original winners, which were the Ferrari of Adam Carroll, um, have actually been uh, th th their victory has actually been revoked. What? Apparently so. According to the according to the uh, news store BritishGT.com, um, because there was an appeal that was put in by Oman Racing Team. And uh, apparently, um, Adam Cowell, the Ferrari on their pit stop, was a judge. Was a judge to, to to quote from the story directly was subsequently a judge to have blocked the Oman Racing Team Aston Martin Advantage GT3 of uh, Liam Griffin and Roy Butcher Butcher at the wheel when exiting the pits following their mandatory stop. So Cowell and co-driver Gary Eastwood now dropped to second overall, which means that the victory for race one now goes to the Oman Racing Team Aston Martin of Liam Griffin and Roy Butcher. So round one and his drama ready. In fact, also from what I heard I was listening to the Autumn Park live commentary as well, and um, there was a bit of an accident into Cascades. I think one of the McLarens, one of the Aston Martins, got involved on the first lap of the first couple of corners of the first race. So um, already the first weekend is done and dusted, and uh, plenty of action packed all the way. Another second race was won by the Beach Dean Aston Martin, yes. um, which was uh, um, uh, Andrew Howard and uh, and Johnny Adam. I think it's the two drivers. I correct me if I'm wrong on yes, that one, right. um, but uh, so. 
if, if, if they have updates, I can look at the standings. Uh, we've now got, it's actually then Griffin Roy Butcher uh, who lead with now, I believe it's uh, 57, but it's, yeah, with the... Is that um, after, the, after the correction, which I know came quite late? Because I did the research, I think, on this. Yeah. Pretty much straight after the race had finished. So. Yeah. I, I, they, they, thankfully, they have been updated in time. So they have updated it so that the 25 points goes to Lynn Griffin and Roy Butcher on 37 points. Uh, Carol Eastwood and the Ferrari are now on uh, 26 points. We've got Lee Mole, uh, Andrew Howard, Johnny Adam, and Joey, Joe Osborne are all each on 25 points. Those two driver combinations equal third. Steve Tandy and Mike Simpson, fourth of 24 points. Marco Attard and Alexander Sims, reigning champions in, on 23 points then matt jackson of course btcc driver who's not in the championship for the first half of the year he was at the wheel of a aston martin with phil driver uh, 13 points each for them in that combination benny simonson and hector lester on 10 points then mark farmer and john barnes on six aston mckinnon lewis plato on four along with andrew john and jody fannin tom oliphant but john, tom oliphant actually jumping into the uh, um Janetta, when he was at Brown's Hatch yesterday, so he yes, actually he jumped to do some racing. So quite a busy weekend for him. Uh, Ross Wiley and Andrew Watson, of course, in there too as well, uh, with Rick Parfit and Amadel Harty and Daniel Lloyd in the points as well. And GT4, it's Graham Johnston, Mike Robinson on top with uh, ahead with 43 points, ahead of uh, Oz Yusuf and Gavin Kershaw, 33 points. Terry Langley and Mike Hart in third with 25 points. So. Uh, Already an action-packed weekend, and it's only round one of a championship. So uh, quite a busy weekend overall for a lot of drivers and teams on the Easter weekend. Indeed, yes. So uh, my apologies for uh, getting that uh, thing wrong. It's not it's <laughs> definitely not the first time I'll get it is, wrong. Uh, to, to, to be fair, that's, I think it only broke within the last, literally probably whilst the show was going on or just before it went on. So um, uh, so in all fairness, you probably couldn't have known that in any case if you had only gone live. So I think all is forgiven. Uh, it's only something that broke probably in the last couple of hours so even though i only spotted it whilst we're on air so uh, it's it's no, no problem all, all is forgiven you, you... well one one other piece of news that broke uh, about an hour before we went on air is in uh, nothing to do with british gt uh, championship it's actually over in the states in the indycar championship oh uh, yes and uh, this one um ben mcphillips uh, will be particularly interested to note that uh, chevrolet have been penalized 220 points in the uh, in the manufacturers uh, championship for an engine regulation infraction following IndyCar's season opener at St Petersburg or St Pete but according to the rule 10.6.4.4 of the IndyCar series rulebook the one we all know of course um, 20 of course. points apparently will be deducted for a non-minor engine repair um, thing a, a few of these repairs were done and IndyCar apparently slapped another 100 or so points on uh, but apparently in the, uh, the it doesn't affect the driver's standings uh, more importantly so when this announcement came out uh, everybody uh, sort of freaked out and ran over to the uh, the championship standings to say oh my god is Montoya he's, uh, where's everybody in the championship now well it doesn't affect the drivers it's just in the manufacturer's standings which is just uh Chevrolet versus Honda. Yeah, that's all it is, really. And I can tell you that Honda uh, in the lead, way out in front now with this amazing news, with 70 points. And uh, Chevrolet, minus 92. So, <laughs> so there you go. Chevy. And, uh, yes, talking about the uh, stateside championships, um, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, well, last week, in fact, I uh, managed to catch up with the Indy Lights driver, Jack Harvey, and uh, having done so brilliantly well the uh, the day before 
um, the interview that we did, um, he was telling me uh, about uh, how life is over in the States in the Indy Lights Championship and uh, and how he's become such a contender for the title. Here is Jack Harvey, former British F3 champion. I am very pleased to say that joining us on the line is uh, the former um, F3 champion from 2012 and current Indy Lights star in America. It is Jack Harvey. Hi, Jack. Hello, mate. Well, um, yes. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Jack, you're, this is uh, this is Jack's second season in Indy Lights, and you had a race yesterday, over the weekend, and on Saturday as well, and you got a double podium. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you very much. It was a great start to the season. Yeah, just talk us through because unfortunately we don't get to actually watch it in the UK. Um, I don't think there's yeah. a, a TV deal there so unless you watched an illegal stream of it um just uh give yeah. us give us give us your your viewpoint of how the uh, how the first race went on the saturday uh first race was good um i mean qualifying was uh realistically where i think we thought we we could be i ended up qualifying third uh which i mean it's actually not a bad place to start especially with the rolling starts if, if the inside road goes well then you know the goal is to try and always get into at least second uh, in challenge for challenge for first, and uh, Ed made a pretty good start in race one. Uh, Max didn't and uh, managed to get into seconds, you know, going over the line straight away. And I mean, honestly, after that, my race was kind of processional. I would say it's probably a good word. I I didn't quite have the pace of uh, of Ed. I mean, in the first half of the race, I could you know keep with him, you know, pretty well. Uh, but then, you know, I just couldn't maintain the time but I mean I was pulling away comfortably from the guys behind so overall you know starting the season off with a with a second place is uh, is pretty good obviously it's not what we we want I mean we set the bar pretty high this year and after finishing second in the championship you know inherently there's going to be a lot of pressure this year because there's only one place we can do better um you know so happy with happy with second but you know not satisfied until we're uh, until we're winning so still a little bit of work to do well, yeah, the uh, the ladder uh, system over there in the states is becoming more and more sort of popular and, and, and attractive um, for people in yep. the European drivers. I guess since uh, Formula One's going through a bit of a identity crisis um, recently. But mm -hmm. um, what sort of budget do you do you really need to sort of compete over there in the states? How does it sort of compare? Because you've you've done both. You've done like GP three and F three over here, and and you're going through the mm -hmm. the ladder over there. Yeah, I mean the actual. I mean, in terms of actual numbers, I'm pretty lucky. Where I still have the support of the Racing Steps Foundation, and they pretty much take care of uh, the, you know the, that side of my racing for me. You know, I'm incredibly lucky. Uh, you know, going into my seventh season with them, and between the RSF and the team themselves, they managed to work out the deal. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, for sure it's comparable to racing in Europe. And I think the thing you mentioned it a moment ago, but the the Mazda Road to Indy program, the whole ladder system. It's very unique. There's, there isn't anything else like it in the world. I mean, the only thing that's similar is, 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 is the Racing Steps Foundation. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to be on, uh, on both of these two programs. The thing about the Mazda program is if you keep winning in a championship, it promotes you into the next series almost automatically, uh, you know, with the prize funding they have in place. And I don't think there's any other championship which quite does that, uh, not for so many series as well. Um, you know, I've, I've been with the RSF now for, for seven seasons and, you know, they've shown a lot of faith and support in me. Hopefully this year we can, uh, you know, sort of break the uh, break that last hurdle 
and uh, you know actually get into IndyCar and be you know a full time professional racing driver. Absolutely, yeah, we we would love to see that as well, Jack. Um, so just tell us a, a bit more about your situation over there. Are you living full time in the states now? Uh, yes, I am. This is uh, I actually moved out here last uh, February, uh, so I spent the whole last season here too. I'm actually living in Indianapolis, which you know anyone for motorsport in uh, knowledge and passion will know what a you know key city this is in the world for motorsport. I mean, the Indianapolis 500 needs no introduction on its own. Um, you know, so it's been one of these great motorsport in uh, towns is just incredible, really. Um, it's very, I would say, Indiana on the whole is very similar to where I live in Lincolnshire too. So definitely feels like a small part of home for me now too. Uh, and I'll be here for the rest of the, this season too. And, you know, I, I, I really enjoy being out here. And if there's ever an opportunity to come back to Europe, then for sure I'd look at it and consider it. But I think right now, I'm, you know, I'd rather stay in the States and just enjoy my time here. Um, how are you finding American life now? You, like you said, you've been there for uh, just over a year. Um, how are you settling in? Good. I mean, honestly, I settled in very quickly, very soon. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, last soft season, I stayed here. and I had a, I did a DTM test with the BMW basically the end, right at the end of November, start of December. And that was the first time I came back to, uh, to Europe, honestly. I, I stayed out in America the whole year because... You know, I enjoy it. I've got a you know very solid group of trainers out here helping me with my fitness. I've got a good group of friends who I get to uh, relax away from racing a little bit with, and you know, I just really, I just really do enjoy it out here. It suits my uh, suits the way that I want to try and be, and um, you know, my 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 focus is always on, is on racing. So now I can get up in the morning, I go training, I go and see the team, I do a bit more training, and then you know, I pretty much just do the you know, normal uh, domesticated chores. So, yeah. uh, excellent. Well, thanks for coming on uh, on uh, on the show tonight, Jack. And uh, if we can keep no up to date with you, anytime. maybe catch up with you throughout the season, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, just uh, you've got my digits. Just give me a call. Excellent. Well, take care, and uh, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Well, thanks, mate. Have a good evening. <laughs>